Hello and welcome again to our teaching series that we've titled Education in the Church. And uh, in this series, uh, we are going to discuss together and provide some reflections on the idea of education and ministry. And we hope to uh, provide and propose to you a framework for discipling and for equipping people that is both uh, biblically sound, that is well uh, grounded in the scripture and pedagogically sophisticated, that is based on cutting-edge research in education. And we mentioned that the first series that we're looking at in our reflection is the biblical undergirding to the idea of education or equipping in the church. And we have looked uh, at so far at one of those concepts as the priority that is clear in the Scripture for us to invest in discipling people, which is basically another way of developmental and educational endeavors in the church. And this is based on the Great Commission, but it's also based on the example of the early church in the book of Acts. So I would like to share with you rather quickly uh, some glimpses of what the church in Acts did after um, you know being unleashed on the world with the Great Commission. How did they implement the three interwoven strategies that Jesus gave them to help people discover Him, to help people develop in Him, and help others within the church to disciple others also. So we're going to look at those three strategies in each one of the major centers uh, of uh, Christianity in the book of Acts. And there is uh, roughly three main centers that you could summarize, uh, you know, the church's growth and expansion in the book of Acts. It's the Jerusalem uh, church, which you could call it the mother church. Then you've got the Antioch church, which you could call it the missional church. And then we're going to look at the church in Ephesus, which you could call it the multiplying church. And then in each one of those centers, you will notice quite evidently the three interwoven strategies that involve evangelism, edification, as well as equipping people, uh, which is basically the three strategies uh, articulated uh, in the Great Commission. So allow me to take you through a a brief journey through the book of Acts uh, to give you a bit of background about how the church did it. And they did it so well that the church 2,000 odd years later, still standing strong because of their endeavors. So if there is anything that we can gain from this is say, okay, we recognize the biblical priority to reach out to the lost, developing them in Christ, as well as unleashing them to disciple others also. The first one is the church in Jerusalem. We see that church in Jerusalem began in the book of Acts chapter 2 in the day of Pentecost where Peter evangelized the God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. 3,000 people accepted the good news and were added to the church in one day. That's evangelism campaign like you've never seen before. How awesome is that? But did they leave all their effort there? No. It says the apostles edified the new converts through assimilating them in a community 
of disciples. We see that through the book of Acts, particularly chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, a snapshot of what they've done. They were devoted to the, the, the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to worship in the temple courts as well as in homes, the breaking of bread and, and, and praising God. And we notice that participation in that community that the, the apostles facilitated developed believers' knowledge, uh, which is the doctrine of the apostles. It developed their practice, so they began to live in such a way in fellowship with other believers, and they had favor with God and favor with others who weren't even embracing the Christian faith. They lived in such a way. They practiced worship uh, with Christians and, uh, and, and practiced the, you know, the life of Jesus outside the Christian community that they were attractive in such a way that their identity was oozing the character of Jesus. And obviously we notice that every time they met together, and they broke bread. They recognized that they are part of the body of Jesus, broken for many. And as they embraced uh, that spiritual reality that, uh, that they consume Jesus, they recognized that they are part of Him in a visual and, and tangible way. So they lived out that broken identity. They lived out that selfless identity. They lived out that mingling of identity, the divine nature that has been deposited in them because of union with the Holy Spirit. And notice that they also equipped others. You see here, the church equipped the believers to perpetuate the cycle of multiplication. That's why we read that the Lord added to their number, to the church number, daily those who were being saved. Uh, if it's going to be a daily addition to the church, surely every member of the church was engaged in uh, the, the purpose of reaching out the lost, their networks of friends, their people of peace. But this is made even more um, uh, uh, you know, uh, evident in the way that the church expanded. We notice that a persecution comes upon the church and Stephen is martyred, but then the church scatters in Acts 7 and 8 and the only uh, people remaining in Jerusalem are the apostles. So if the apostles were the only ones responsible for the addition to the church daily of new converts, then we expect that Jerusalem will be a center of thriving Christianity and the believers that scatter everywhere, they're not going to be any good. But that's not the reality. We notice in Acts chapter 8 verses 1 to 4, it said that the believers who scattered expanded the church's reach in Judea and Samaria. Not in Jerusalem where the apostles are. It's in Judea and Samaria. Expanding scope, just as Jesus had predicted. You will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The scattered believers traveled so far and evangelized both Jews 
and Greeks. So they must have been equipped somehow. We're not told how, but they must have been equipped to perpetuate the cycle of reaching out and multiplying uh, Jesus like disciples. And you notice here uh, that they went to, to Antioch and that is the second center uh, that we, we, we see uh, where the church um, is, is, is encouraging the believers. The, the church in Jerusalem uh, sent Barnabas, the son of encouragement, to check what was going on in Antioch. And he encouraged the believers to live wholeheartedly uh, for the Lord, to be devoted. So it wasn't just, hey, we celebrate that you became Christians, now he encouraged them to live wholeheartedly for Jesus. Uh, He sought Saul in Tarsus, and for a whole year, they both ministered in the church in Antioch and edified the believers. In fact, we are told that there were five teachers and prophets uh, in in Antioch in Acts chapter 13 who were uh, obviously teaching, prophesying, and encouraging the believers to move on in the faith. And guess what? Antioch became a center for mission. Uh, You know, you probably recall Acts 13, uh, you know, the Spirit says, set apart Barnabas and Paul for the work of ministry. And three missionary journeys later, they obviously, they go to the mission field. They come back and report to the mission center in Antioch. And it transformed the world. From there, we see that Paul went to Ephesus, a huge city uh, that was uh, well established uh, in, in, in this ancient time. Uh, and it was, you know, had a temple, it was a seaport, it was economically, um, you know, amazing environment. And Paul spent uh, two and a half uh, years in there, one of his longest stays in any place. But he evangelized initially the Jews in the synagogue for about three months. He had a campaign. Some of the Jews refused, but some accepted his uh, good news, his message. So he took them and hired a lecture hall uh, and, and, and was able to evangelize the community from there, but also edify those believers to grow and became genuine followers of Jesus. Not only that, it became a multiplying center. And um, in a span of two years, Paul turned Ephesus itself as a center of multiplication. So that in Acts 19 verse 10, it says, All the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. How did they do that? There was expanding activities uh, reaching out to the people in that region. Uh, A scholar um, writes, a New Testament scholar writes about this era and says that perhaps some of the other six churches on Revelation chapter 2 and and chapter 3 were founded in this period from Ephesus were founded which functioned as a missionary center. So Ephesus established six churches uh, in that little time. And it wasn't Paul. We know Colossae was established in that time. And Epaphras established that church. And it wasn't Paul that established it. So Paul equipped people to do the work of ministry. The teaching and equipping ministry of the apostles helped the church to grow and to become strong. 
a very newborn church at the time, was facing insane persecution and difficulties even from the inside. They, they were equipped to stand against the persecution that soon came. And that's the type of church we would love to see happen, where people are evangelized, are edified and equipped so that the church is strong. It's not dependent on the leaders, but it dependent, uh, inter, uh, uh, um, you know, they, they connected together in such a way like an army that keep each other strong for the Lord. And this is our desire in our Gen J environment to see people equipped, not just reached out, to unbelievers, but equipped that they may be able to reach out to others and develop them so they can be disciples as well. Thank you so much for being with us. Look forward to seeing you in the next uh, session where we'll look at the other priority, which is the, uh, the, the mandated or the commanded role of the pastors to educate and equip others. Until then, be blessed.